Welcome and thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks, where we have our global impact partners take a few minutes to address an issue of site concern. In this installment, we're going to have Highland, we're going to have Michael Jan and Michael Kremins from Highland answer a few questions about the future of risk management for sites. Uh, let's take a moment and meet our speakers. Go ahead, guys. Hey, thanks, Michael. Uh, this is Michael Yang with Highland. Um, happy to be here. I think uh, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things occurring with the uh, the environment that we're in, and we're happy to be a part of being able to share kind of our knowledge and assist through uh, these turbulent times and what the future has to hold. I think we're all looking for it. So I'm here to kind of, with my relationship with SCRS in the past, to kind of provide our knowledge and expertise and advice uh, here. And Mike Kermeens, our life science practice leader, is with me to um, kind of enlighten folks on any information that I might miss. So, Michael? Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, the three mics. Uh, this is fabulous. Uh, I lead the life sciences practice and proud to be a partner for SCRS and certainly Michael Yan. So, really glad to be here. Great. Well, we're glad to have you. Well, let's get started. Uh, the COVID-19 virus caught everyone by surprise. And so now that we have the luxury of time, what should sites be thinking about when it comes to risk management and insurance? Uh, and and not, not just as an insurance discussion, but a discussion about risk. Uh, one important change that we anticipate is the use of virtual studies being more prevalent. So with that kind of setup, how much are virtual studies likely to change the way that we all do business here? Great. Thanks, Mike. And, and, and I want to really come a step back real quick and, you know, future of risk management for sites. I think there's just, with a lot of these talks that we're having, um, everyone is critical to the risk management of sites. And insurance is always part of it, insurance and risk management mitigation, as we're mitigating now with social distancing, it's the same thing for any risk that you're doing with any business that you're in. But, you know, more importantly, in these times in the healthcare field and the clinical research area, um, it's changing rapidly. And, you know, virtual studies, um, I think, is we're seeing a lot of the other trade partners, um, you know, provide, hey, look, we need to go to, to virtual studies, you know, telemedicine, things to that effect. And, you know, that, that definitely changes an organization's risk profile. Um, both um, internally as an organization, but also externally with the, their partnerships and third-party services that they're providing. And so, you know, the current health crisis has forced, you know, swifter adoption of new ideas and technologies to, to help sustain clinical trials. You know, rule of thumb, if, if study involves sensitive subject matter, you know, PHI, PII, and then we should seriously, you know, consider re revisiting your cybersecurity strategy. On one of our prior talks, we talked about cybersecurity in, in this environment that we're in, and I think that's even more importantly because of the utilization of data, looking at the virtual world of how that data is shared, collected, um, and the type of information that is collected. So we really got to have employee awareness training. Um, I think, and I've said it before, uh, employee engagement, employee education is, you know, the organization's biggest fear because one click of the mouse and a lot of bad things can happen. And with the bad actors out there, they're looking to attack, and if they can get one and they can get another, then the dollar signs just continue. So there's some concern out there regarding Zoom or WebEx and, and how those are managed. And you really, as an organization, need to think about 
how are you virtually going to interact with patients and protect that information and that data, uh, both with your security systems, uh, possibly two-factor authentication, updated software, but then changing or at least making sure the behaviors of the employees are in a way protecting the organizational data plus the participation data. So, Mike, did you have anything to add there? No, right on the money. Sounds great. Perfect. Okay. So, at, at research sites, how t does their risk change? You know, it's great because obviously you're going from patient interaction in the clinic or the hospital or the the, the site to now in a virtual world. So, you know, the, that virtual world, the virtual economy creates different risks. Majors are, you know, it really is that cyber. And, you know, that, that's, that's the biggest one I would say is, is where you are the most vulnerable through phishing, Social engineering. Social engineering is is a um, you know an upcoming um, for an example of that is I send an email to, as a as an employee, I act as an employee. I send an email to the CFO to send fifty thousand dollars to this Dropbox account, which happens to be in the middle of the Middle East. Okay, because but my email looked like it, and all of a sudden fifty thousand dollars went out the window. And you're not going to get it back because it's gone. And those hackers move on to the next one. But you can protect yourself through insurance. So you really want to make sure, um, you know, you, your emails are secure as possible um, and the websites that you're using and your clouds that you're using and your Dropboxes that you're using, that those are secure to the point and working with IT or third-party IT organizations and making sure before you upload or transfer any sensitive information, be absolutely certain that is transmitted to the appropriate person. So do two people need to sign off before any type of monies or directions are done? Um, and again, making sure that your network security is up to date and you are constantly communicating with employee to make sure employee behaviors are consistent with the message and the, I guess, organizational um, processes. Yeah. Yeah, That's I would only very add important. On, on the business uh, email and even your personal email, because some of us at home uh, have accounts where either on our iPad or our computer where we've loaded in both, even on our phones. We have our Gmail account. We have our Yahoo account. We have our business account all on our phones. I have personal experience. A couple of days ago, I received an email that I thought very clearly had come officially from Yahoo. And um, I just hesitated enough to uh, really question it. And I got to tell you, folks, these bad actors are really, really good. So we're all moving a thousand miles an hour. Let's just be cognizant that there are bad actors. Slow down. Think about the emails that you're getting from people, question them, and just put a little bit of time into validating that they're really coming from people um, that, uh, that, that, they, that they, you think they are. So uh, great points, Michael.
Yeah, and, and real quick before we move to the next question, I'll just kind of close a little bit. Does our risk change? Uh, it could. Um, it's always the you know the unknown. You know, it's like the old uh, attorney response. Well, I'll give you a scenario. It depends, and and that's true here too because you know some insurance policies for professional liability or medical malpractice, where we'll talk a little bit here in in a couple of minutes about you know telehealth and you know um, on site or at patient or participant locations. Uh, you know gathering data that you know that could um and there are some specific exclusions that could may you know jeopardize coverage within an insurance policy which then jeopardizes contractual uh requirements yeah yeah we um i, I see this kind of thing pretty often where uh someone will respond to an email it's from somebody who i know the subject line is something and it, it, but you can tell the language is just like Oh, I'm interested in this. Please see this document. I wouldn't click on that for love or money, but yeah. people do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, they um, do. Yeah. So, so with all this this risk and what you're talking about with with um, tightening up on on cybersecurity, will this kind of thing start showing up in uh, clinical trial agreements where sites are obligated to do certain things to uh, improve the way they're they're managing yeah. their information systems? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like we in our cyber uh, podcast that we did or t talk um, that we did um, a couple of uh, events ago, you know, it, it really is kind of a, the second phase of that. And we did talk about that we're starting to see some of these requirements creep into contracts. And I don't want to make it specific to cyber. I think a lot of this is, you know, I think you're going to look to see a lot of new requirements and contracts that we didn't see a few years back, you know, whether it's extended professional services requirements or definitions, and I'm meaning, you know, clinical research-related activities and what is that doing? Is Are you changing as an organization and your risk is changing to medical malpractice? And does that extend to telehealth? Does it extend to on-site participant homes or, you know, other areas outside of your bricks and mortar? And I think it's likely that you're going to see sponsors will make changes to their contracts or agreements. I mean, these are these are big companies. I think a lot of your small startup sponsors will probably have a little bit of a pause, but I think where we've got some relationships with some of the middle market to larger sponsor types companies that have significant resources and in-house counsels, I would expect them to force down risk to a new company. It can be a tough situation if you don't have any leverage. It's absolutely critical that you consider a review of these contracts, both by internal legal counsel, and if you don't have that, is there external or resources, and even your insurance professional, uh, whether it's a Highland or something very similar, it's very critical that those conversations are being had to, you know, monitor changes in these in these contracts and in case insurance is jeopardized and validate that you have coverage and making sure that the limits are adequate and the coverage is adequate because the last thing you want to do is sign an agreement, then you don't have it properly structured or the right insurance contracts and something goes wrong and now you're in breach and you're going to be, you know, in the legal system for a very long time defending yourself for something that was, uh, you know, pretty easy fix if you, like Mike said, slowed down, took your time and kind of read and reviewed and make sure that all your uh, T's were crossed and I's dotted. Yeah. yeah, I think, Michael, you're making a great point. I, I think that, um, you know, how many times have we heard from people, well, I'm indemnified from the sponsor. Folks, i got to tell you, again, just as you said, Michael, take a deep breath, stop for a second, 
we can absolutely guarantee you that you are not indemnified for everything. It is really important to just take a step back, review the contracts, expect that terms are going to change, be very careful to understand what those changes are, how they're going to impact you, and then more importantly, well, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and it's it's more important than ever today. Uh, I hope I never hear uh, the words again. Uh, I'm indemnified. I don't have anything to worry about because uh, that's just not the case. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I probably you guys may know I, I did site contracts for many years, and um, a lot of sites skim things, and they they figure okay, well it's been. Uh, a, Several years since this language is appearing, uh, it's probably fine. This is these are going to be brand new sections, and I agree. Get them reviewed. If this is yep. new language you've never seen before, find out what your your obligations are. Hey, SCRS has an unbelievable white paper document called Clear, which was the um, working with both sites and sponsors and CROs and brought you know a lot of good knowledge to the table to really make it easy to negotiate these contracts. And that that document is a great base. It's but it still needs to go one step further to make sure you got the expertise to review it um, because that's going to change and it's going to change drastically when we come out of this um, on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one final area I want to get into with regard to risk is 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 home health and treatment in the home setting. So we're we're seeing requests and uh, to move treatment from the hospital or the clinic side to going to someone's house. So this will involve your coordinators or medical staff going to and from the homes of trial participants. So what are the new risks out there for the provider and the patient and uh, what do you see as to this risk, and how would sites approach taking on this new uh, this new style of business yeah. conduction? Yeah, great question. I think you know, does risk change when we get into a virtual setting? And now, we're, hey, look, I still can. This study's not going to be suspended, or it's not going to be delayed. We're going to continue it. Can I continue it in that home setting? And, you know, now you've got a couple of different things. And, and Michael, you said some, some great things. It's both employee and patient and what happens. So you've now increased your risk on your employee, whether it's a workers' comp setting, um, if they're injured um, at the individual's location, how does that expand to that? You know, you've got to get there and back. So an auto exposure starts to increase in there. So, you know, making sure that those insurances that are in place are there first. And second, because I see a lot that, hey, you know, the, the biggest thing on a commercial auto policy for a company is what they call hired and non-owned auto. It's, you know, if somebody is utilizing their own vehicle and working on behalf of the organization, and I've seen it numerous times that sites don't have this coverage. So really got to drill down into this. And it also gets into um, interaction with the patient. Um, you know, if we got a rogue employee, what happens if they steal um, patient property? Uh, you know, is there coverage for that? So a lot of that, you know, really it, it, 
you got to re- you got to really consider, you know, what are we getting into? I don't think it's a huge risk and more for me is it's like, hey, again, making sure you've got it properly structured and you're doing the right thing as a site for best practices that, hey, I do have this coverage. I'm communicating. And really, at the end of the day, it is about communicating with your employees, right? Hey, these are the operations. These are the procedures. you got to check in, check out. No matter what you have, you now got a paper trail or an electronic trail of, okay, they arrived at this time, they left at this time, here was the information. So really putting in processes and procedures for employees for them to uh, follow, which protects you as an organization, but also protects the patient and protects the integrity of the data on the study in which you're working for. Okay. And, and we're not trying to scare people here, uh, Michael J., but, but just to be aware of the changes. I mean, look, we've got our employees going into someone's home. If they are the only two people in the in the room, you know, we've seen um, situations where there's allegations uh, that that your employee um, uh, made some type of a suggestion that was misinterpreted. There's there's now a harassment allegation. There there could be um, uh, a harassment of uh, sexual imposition. There's all kinds of things that could be alleged against your employee. You know, those are the things that we think about. We don't want you to have to worry about them, but let's at least talk through them. If it's not something that you're concerned about, it's not a big deal. But if you are, we want to be in a position to give you some advice on what to do about it. Insurance may not be the only remedy. There could be multiple remedies. But if you get into a a situation where there are some questions about how that risk changes, you know, choose a good insurance professional that's been through this, been down the road, and can at least make you aware of what the exposures are. Yeah. So how was this? How will this affect insurance for the site? Well, I mean, I, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. I think more importantly, it's hey, look, here's a lot of information. I know we try to keep these talks, you know, kind of quick, and you know, we kind of run off as you know, insurance is is our life, and we we like to talk about it. I know it's a sickness, sickness but. Um, in all fairness, it's it, it, it can be affected, and it's more about just making sure that it, you proper. I mean, if you don't have it, you're really affected. If you do have it, that's a great thing. And what are you doing to mitigate your risk a little bit more? So, I think insurance is always um, a part of it, and I think it's it get, again, it can get into breach of contra- uh, contract or you know no coverage at all, which financially can just cripple um, a site. You know nowadays when. They've got a lot of other things to worry about, and, you know, if insurance is there, then they know they can sleep at night. And But if they don't understand it, then we can't – it's hard to, um, you know, really comprehend what the ramifications are of some of these things, um, you know, and I think that's just how it works, so – all right. Well, this is for a research site. Uh, just hearing this for the first time probably sounds overwhelming. Where could they – where's a place for them to just start? Yeah. So, you know, I know it's a lot. And, you know, again, you know, like Mike says, we're not trying to scare anybody. And, you know, where do I start? You know, first thing I says, OK, let's just let's just really take a deep breath. There are a lot of resources that are out there, um, both, you know, through affiliated with SCRS and a lot of our the corporate uh, sponsors and partnerships that they have. And really just understanding who your trusted advisors, um, either that you have currently now or you're looking to, to just have a conversation. 
situation and really just sit down and take a little bit of time and time's on our side um, and just evaluate um, my risk as a site and understand what that is and then make good, strong business decisions. Because I think just saying, hey, I've got coverage is not going to fly anymore because I don't believe that I think it's going to get stricter. I think it's going to be critiqued a little bit more. And I think business-to-business relationships will change and become more competitive where companies will want to work with companies that are covered for their exposures <coughs> Excuse me, and risk surrounding the, the clinical research field. I think that's going to get critiqued more. I think it just was a little fluffy, and I think uh, sites didn't really take it seriously, and I don't think sponsors took it seriously, but I think that is going to change. And I think really investing in this time to develop best practices will differentiate you as a site amongst your others and competitors, but will also and you also become a preferred site that sponsors want to work with because you do have what they need to make sure that things are covered, whether it's them as a sponsor or a participant in the trial, which could ultimately come back and affect that sponsor um, in any way possible if something bad goes wrong. And we're happy to help. Michael, uh, Jan, obviously, just listening to him, you know he's been in this space for quite a long time. I believe our uh, contact information is on the site um, you know, Michael's available, uh, never shuts down, is always working, and uh, is available to talk to anyone if they've got any specific issues. Uh, we're pretty easy to get along with. Well, that's true. I, <laughs> us working <laughs> together on these, it, that's completely true. Um, well, uh, any closing comments? That, that'll take us through the, the, through the end of this topic before I close this out. Any final comments? Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think we kind of closed on a couple of them. I mean, you know, really at the end of the day, what I would say is let's take this serious. Um, let's take some time. Let's do some risk evaluations. Um, you know, it's, it's for the betterment of your organization. Uh, no one's been through this before. We don't know what's on the other side. But if you can better your organization and your organization's risk profile and managing that risk, um, it's only going to help you become a better organization moving forward in both third-party interaction but even employee engagement. And I think that's important moving forward uh, with a lot of the uncertainty. And this isn't very difficult. We've covered a lot of information in some of these um, webinar podcasts uh, for the professionals that do it day-to-day. Uh, -to -day. This is a pretty easy process for us, so don't be intimidated by it. It, it does not take a lot of time. Uh, we, we can figure out pretty quickly what your risks are and uh, make some recommendations if, if that uh, is something that, uh, that one of your members is, is involved in. It's really not that difficult. Uh, take us up on our offer. Happy to help. All right. Well, thanks very much. That's, uh, this is Michael Yan and Mike Cremines from Highland, highland.com. Thanks a lot, guys, for your time today. Thank you. Thank All you. All right. Uh, in closing, make sure you register for upcoming webinars and discussions. As uh, You can visit our learning campus, register for our summits, all kinds of great content and service providers for uh, your uh, clinical trial sites. Please uh, check out the SCRS Insight Journal. We publish that quarterly for members. You can find that in the members section of our website, mysars.org. We appreciate Highland's partici uh, participation in today's uh, recording, and we look forward to having Highland join us in the future. And for all of you as well, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.